This is the EVP Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the EVP Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Beaker. I am the other host, Ghosty. Um. So, yeah, we're back. We're back again. Because everyone missed us. Tell a friend. So. Well, if you're binge watching or if you're binge listening to our episodes, you won't know that we missed a week. But you will now because I just said it. Way um, to go. I had um, got heat stroke at work and then had a really bad gout flare up and couldn't walk. So I ruined it for everybody. I apologize for not being here last week, but you get a special, uh, you know, and, and we felt like to celebrate our pioneer day here in Utah, we're going to talk about the White House. <laughs> um, but before we do real quick, uh, last episode, at, it was the Shepton Mallet prison, yeah. correct? So we played a couple clips from Paranormal Lockdown. And if you remember the first one I played where they were using their geoport. Mm-hmm. I, and when I went back and listened to the episode, I kept calling it the geophone. I apologize if I confused anybody with that. The geoport is something that connects to a spirit box and basically cleans up the whiteness. So all you're hearing is the spirits talking. The geophone is a um, basically a motion sensor. So I did notice I, I kept flip flopping back between the two of them. Anytime I said geophone, I meant geoport, just so you know. They weren't using a geophone. That's the sense of vibration, basically, is what a geophone does. Mm-hmm. So I apologize if there's any confusion. But the first one I played, if you remember, I talked about how they didn't react at all mm-hmm. to that. They asked the question, you know, they were talking about the, the story, how oh, yeah. the Paul, the tour guide, was um, burnt mm-hmm. while he was telling the story. And so they went and asked the question, um, did you burn Paul? And we both kind of thought it said yes, right? Mm-hmm. And then I thought it was kind of like a laugh afterwards. Uh, we actually had our our friend Brandy reached out to us and said, he actually just said yes. And then the part where I thought he was laughing, he said long ago. Oh. So... Uh, 100% an EVP that I picked up on and they didn't on the show. Very cool. That's awesome. So, yeah. Um, while we were on hiatus for the week, I went and watched the new Insidious movie. So did I. I saw you did, and so I had to go see it too. So you, do we want to talk a little bit about Red Door before we get into the White House? Why not? Because Patrick Wilson's my, the man. My, my boyfriend, he actually directed this one. Yes, I noticed that? that. Yeah, I saw so, that. Not only is he an actor, he's an okay director. Um, <laughs> so we're not going to get, we don't want to spoil it cause this is brand new. It's not even been out a month, but in my opinion, this is the third best film in the franchise. Third best. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean the second and this one is probably right on for me. So yeah, the first one is obviously the best. Insidious is the best. Insidious chapter two would, in my opinion, the second best. Insidious Red Door, third best, and then I think I would go Last Keys, and then number three. Yeah. was probably my least favorite. But I didn't, like, I liked the prequels. I did like how in Last Keys it kind of tied it into the other movies. And um, Red Door here, the new one, this will be the fifth one in the series, is a continuation of the story of the first two. If you haven't seen Insidious, I highly recommend it. I think they're great films. Yeah, those the, are the, the first best. two were directed by James Wan, the same guy that did uh, Conjuring. Conjuring. Um, and did you know there's an Easter egg in the first Insidious? 
when he's in the school, there's a uh, the little jigsaw doll drawn on the chalkboard. Oh, I did see that. Yeah. So, but anyways, uh, Red Door. If I were to give it like an overall rating on a scale of one to five, I'd probably give it maybe a three. Like it wasn't like wow, like rush out and yeah. see this. Right, right, right. But it was but good. But I, I think like, I went early in the morning. When there was probably like three other people in the theater. I think this is one of those ones where like Last Keys was a lot of fun when I saw that one because we were in a packed theater. Mm-hmm. And you had all that energy from all those people being scared. So I think that one made it more fun. But this one, there was I, I still think this is, like I said, the third best one in the franchise. I like and how it, they scare you though in these ones. They're more scary, not gore. Yeah. I like that. And I think it's they, they focused a lot more on character development in this one in my opinion yeah they did um well there was a lot that happened because so this is like nine years from the last one yeah this is nine years later so dalton is now 19 he's going off to college and they use the same characters so the same actors yep yeah that's what i meant same actors, same actors. Yes. they had the same kids come back and, and reprise their roles except for um i don't know if the baby uh, the girl the daughter right. yeah was it's the hard same. to tell i don't yeah. know because in the first one and second one there's she's just a baby she's right. like a newborn but uh, Dalton and his brother, I don't remember his name. I don't remember either. Uh, same actors. Mm-hmm. Dalton's going off to college, and something happens. He's kind of hypnotized, and it starts. Everything starts back up. Everything babe. starts back up. It again. had stopped from the last movie. Oh, is what it was? Is the, the his art teacher? Oh yeah, kind of kind of puts into everybody into mind. well, kind of puts the whole class into a trance so they can draw something from memory, mm-hmm. and it just starts everything back up again. Yep, that's. It was. I liked it. I like how they kind of played off the things happening again nine years later. Yeah, I, I like that. That was. Pretty I cool. did like that. I did like that. It was the same characters, a continuation of the first two. Um, I did describe it to some people as an unnecessary sequel. Yeah, like it was. It wasn't a story that needed to be told, but it was told in a good way. Yeah, and do you think it ended this time? I sure hope so. <laughs> Maybe nine years later. I hope not. Your boyfriend might get another wild hair up his ass. I just. To I have. Something. I have like you better talk to him in bed tonight and tell I, him I will. Um <laughs> here's the thing is like when you got a good thing going, just kinda let it be done. Yeah. Like it's like Star Wars. Like you just keep adding shit to it and it's you just keep ruining it. So one thing I did like uh, uh when it comes to the movies like that is Harrison Ford said no more Indiana Jones after him. Yes. And I think he signed some shit for it too. Like they can't make any more after after hit I think this was the last movie. Yeah, it should be. The then, Dial of Destiny. Yeah. So, no but more Indiana Jones. I um I watched a couple other scary movies uh, while I had gout and I was just laid up. <laughs> Good ones? Um, interesting ones. So, I did watch um, I did watch The Crucifixion on Amazon Prime. Uh, this one, I'm going to just tell you that I watched it and it's one that I think we'll do a later episode on. But the basic gist of it is in 2004. So the crucifixion was based on a true story. 2004, there was a Romanian nun who had an exorcism, exorcism performed on her and she passed away. So I don't want to get too much into that because I do want to do a full episode on that movie. And I also watched one called Apostle on Netflix. It's more of a, a kind of a cult movie. Oh, I did see that one scrolling through, but I didn't watch it yet. Yeah, it's uh, it worth this watching. One's, this one's set in 1905. It's a little long. And I think that they could have ended it sooner than they did. There are some things in there that I was not really explained, like why it's there. But oh. uh, overall, it's it's worth watching. Okay. If you're in the mood for something, like it's kind of got some scary stuff in it, but it's more of like one of those um, 
like it's 1905 these people are living they started their own community on a island away from everybody else so interesting it's actually i thought i thought it was pretty good so. okay now right. that we've wasted 10 minutes talking about movies not really wasted, scary stuff scary stuff uh, we're going to get into the White House, and the reason why I want to talk about the White House is I found out about this documentary that came out on November 26th of 2021, mm-hmm. so this has been out for a little bit. Um, I do like talking about the shock docs on, the you know, the shock documentaries on Discovery+. Plus. Right. They had one called Demon in the White House, and that's the first time I've heard anything about demons in the White House, so I was intrigued, and Ghost and I both tried to watch it probably about four or five times. Yeah, it's hard. Uh, it's hard to get through. You fall asleep quite a bit. So we're going to give you a brief synopsis of this so you can avoid watching this trash fire of a documentary. Um, it's actually not a trash fire. It's, it was actually, it was kind of well done. Uh, it was informative. It was very informative. And I think, but boring, I think a lot of it was speculation as well. Yeah. Um, I don't think any of this stuff, like they don't have a way to like substantiate any of the claims. Um, other than some of the stuff that, it's obviously like, uh, so we'll start off with, it focuses on two presidents and their wives. The first president, um, I didn't. I can tell you now who the 14th president of the United States of America was, and I believe they also said he was the only president, or the first president to only serve one term. Uh, that was Franklin Pierce. Uh-huh. Uh, he made it into the White House at 1853. So before that, I know he was a politician, um, he had two other kids that one passed away about two days. His first kid passed away two days after they were born. Mm-hmm. His second kid made it to about four years old before he passed away. And then his third kid, Benny, was 11 when he passed. So um, while he was doing the politicians thing, I can't remember what state he was in. Yeah, um, I don't remember. But I know that his wife, like, she was very religious, didn't really like alcohol and uh, Franklin Pierce was very fond of the drink, apparently. Um, she didn't like politics, and he's obviously a politician. It's like, why, if you don't like politics, why are you yeah, marrying politicians? They were complete opposites. They were complete opposites of each other. But they ended up getting married. Um, he ended up actually getting out of politics. They moved back home, and he, I believe he became a lawyer. And something came up with the election that he got nominated and actually won. The, he was a Democrat from the North. Um, so he was kind of, I mean, he was on the north, the side, you know, the people that wanted to end slavery, but he was a Democrat. Yeah, he was kind of like, he was kind of forced in the middle. He yeah. was like kind of playing both sides. And we're, I mean, we're not trying to get into politics here. This is just what he did. Um, he actually signed the Kansas Nebraska deal or whatever it was that allowed slavery in those states. Oh. I believe. Um, but he, um, when he won the election, he was president-elect, it was, I believe, early January, so it was before he actually had a chance to become, before he yeah, was Yeah, he was going to the inauguration. So they were on a train ride. They they actually, they got to their original destination, and I believe it was on the way home, the train was derailed. Actually, that's a different story that I was, uh, I read an article on Inventors that their inventions, that was, I, I messed up. <laughs> so he was on his way to the inauguration, right? right? And... um the train was derailed mm-hmm. and I know he reached for his wife um, and, so, um, and he tried to reach for somebody. didn't quite get to his yeah, son. He, time. He, I think he got pulled out of his hand. What or, was her, her name was Jane Pierce, right? Yeah, Jane, I think so. Jane? She was the uh, phantom she, the, the phantom. Anyways, um, the, the kid got the Benny, right? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, he got thrown from the train and what they say in the documentary is that they went over, they found his body and his cap was over his face and they went to kind of shake him and he wasn't moving and they picked up his, his cap and his head was crushed in. Yeah. His face was smashed. His face was smashed. So that was probably like the most like sad inauguration. And he was actually the only casualty from the derailment. Yeah. He was the only one that died. And so his wife blamed him for going into politics and kind of was resentful and I guess there was like a letter that Benny wrote or he said something to his mom Yeah, that he was really hoping that his dad didn't win the election because he knew it would make his mom sad. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, you're right. Uh, she did blame, she did blame president Pierce for the death of their son because he got back into politics. Mm-hmm. And then I believe she, um, I read in one website that she actually got to the point where she was kind of okay with it. She's like, this is what God wanted. Like you're supposed to focus on being president and Benny would have been a distraction, which is kind of a weird thing to say. I don't know if this is what actually said. I did deal with it or something. I did. Yeah. I think there's a way of coping with it, I, but that I did read that, that apparently she thought that at one point. So what the documentary goes on to claim. And, um, I know you had Benny on one of those websites. I don't know if you can pull that up real quick, but as I'm, as I'm going to this, uh, I think we've briefly mentioned the Fox sisters, uh, on some previous episodes, if you know who the Fox sisters are back in the 18th, they're the ones 50s, doing the whole spirit. They, they kind of what made, they're the ones that kind of made spirit boards popular. They, they were seances conducting seances. And they would fake it. Yes, they were fakes. Um, so Mrs. Pierce decided to contact, I believe it was Maggie Fox and had her come and conduct seances at the white house. This is what the documentary states. I don't know if this actually happened or not. I'm just telling you what the documentary <laughs> had. So the claim is, is that they start conducting seances and which seemed a little weird to some people in some of the articles I was reading because with her being extremely religious, it wouldn't make sense that all of a sudden, I mean, like grief does weird things to people. So it kind of makes sense. Uh-huh. But people were questioning, like if she was very devout in her religion, why would she turn to seances? But I mean, you Let's take into the account that she's a grieving mother who has now lost her third child. Yeah. Um, so she probably I, would do anything to see them again. Right. And Dave, I think Dave Schrader put it that exact way. He's like, you know, I would do anything to be able to see my kid again if I lost him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was probably the most entertaining part of that show. Yeah. Uh, and I've met Dave. We've met Dave. Dave's a good guy. Yeah, a couple times. So she started having Maggie Smith. Maggie Fox. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Maggie Smith did not. Dame Maggie Smith was not there. <laughs> um, she was making Harry Potter at the time. Uh, and Maggie Fox came over. So I think it was just one of the Fox sisters. I don't know if they both actually came. According to the documentary, it just seemed like Maggie was there. Oh, I wasn't. I didn't catch that. I don't know. I know Maggie was there. I know Maggie's husband apparently wrote a letter telling her to stay away from the Pierces and to stop doing the seances. Um. And from what I read, the actual letter was basically saying their husband didn't believe in all of that stuff. And he wanted his wife to go and like relearn and, and basically pick a different profession. So he was just trying to get her to stop doing seances altogether. Not didn't have anything to do with the pierces, according to what I read. But, um, I guess it was shortly after this that, uh, Mrs. Pierce saw Benny for the first time, according to the documentary. And so, from what I understood, um, she kept continuing doing seances. She kept seeing Benny a lot. 
she started telling uh, Franklin Pierce, President Pierce, about seeing Benny. And then this is where the story kind of gets crazy. Because I guess one day, like, I mean, there was reports of her being heard talking to somebody when no one was around. And there was people saying that she was talking to Benny, uh, her 11-year-old son. And, like, when they walked in the room, there was no one there. It was just her. And according to Shock Docs, uh, one night Franklin came in and saw Benny standing there. And she's like, see, there he is. There's our son. And then all of a sudden his face changes and his mouth gets really big and he lets out this like demonic scream. So now they're saying that she wasn't, this whole time she wasn't really talking to Benny. She was talking to a demon pretending to be Benny. So it goes on to claim that they brought in a priest who performed an exorcism on the White House. And then from what I gathered in the documentary, because like I said, this was really hard to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed like it kind of stopped for them. They stopped having activity. Or maybe she just stopped doing seances. Or maybe she stopped doing seances. Or she never did seances. I don't know. But that's where it kind of ends with um, with Mrs. Pierce. Yeah, well, they said that one thing they said, uh, they called her the Phantom because after that, she was just wearing black all the time, just melancholy. Yes. And just in a depressed state, pretty much. I thought I read on one of these websites, uh, I, I think it was her that has been seen actually outside, like hanging. Nope, that was not no, her. That, that was, was somebody her. else. We'll get, to, we'll get to that. That wasn't her. So that was whole, the Pierce's whole story. is basically like she was doing seances and summoned a demon. Yeah. This is the first I've heard of this. So, that's, <laughs> I mean, okay. So then we get into... The next part of the documentary, they all they focused on Mary Todd Lincoln and Abraham Lincoln, mm-hmm. and uh, Mary, I, I uh, Mary, I know Mary Todd, and so she was holding seances too. She was holding seances for the same reason yes. that Mrs. Pierce was holding seances. Her son, Her son uh, William, Willie. Willie. Willie, also passed away while he was eleven. Dun dun. In February eighteen sixty two. Of typhoid. 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 Not typhoid. <laughs> typhoid. So, yeah, he passed away at the age of 11 as well. So, they thought that was a weird coincidence. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, she started doing seances. And I know one of the mediums they brought in was Lord um, Geyer. They brought in some guy. Uh, I don't know. I don't why, know don't you, why don't you keep reading that? I'll look it up real quick. Okay. So... When she was going through the grief and everything, she went to psychic mediums in Georgetown um, t- to communicate with her son, Willie, and they were holding this seances in the Red Room. That's uh, one of, I think that was, uh, I'll, I'll get into that later. But, so in the Red Room, that's where she was doing this, and she said, Willie lives. He comes to me every night and stands at the foot of the bed with the same sweet, adorable smile that he always had. And she, would, she wrote this down. She had already lost another child, Edward, and uh, occasionally she reported that both boys visit her, visited her sometimes, normally at the same time. So she was getting both her sons visiting her. Oh, really? But, yeah, so that's kind of what she was doing in the Red Room. But the Red Room, I'll get into the Red Room real quick. That is, uh, let's see, that is where, who was it? Oh, that's Andrew Jackson's old bedroom. 
and many who have stayed there have heard like him laughing and talking and moving around. And according to the Benjamin Harrison presidential site, President Harry S. Truman had the most encounters with the spirits in this part of the house. So President Truman had would write about the ghosts he would hear and stuff like that. So he oh, actually really? believed in the spirits and knew that it was haunted. Yeah, I know there's uh, several presidents that said they've, or first ladies. Um, I know George, was it George W. or George Bush? It was the, George the, W. The his, daughters. The daughters, yep. Uh, his twin daughters. Uh, God, one's on, like, good, I can't remember. She's on some, she's a journalist. Yeah, she was on her her show and she talked about yeah. seeing ghosts. And they said it was scary. Well, they didn't see it. They felt it. And they okay. said that. They got a phone call in the middle of the night, and it woke them up. And then after that, while they were up, they were hearing 1920s music coming from the fireplace. Oh, really? And then another night, uh, they heard... Oh, God, I can't remember. But they heard other stuff coming from the fireplace as well, also from a different time. And she talked to one of the security guards there, and the security told her, Oh, man, if you heard or seen all the stuff I have... Yeah. Yeah, so I guess a lot of stuff goes on there at night. Okay, so during the Mary Todd Lincoln thing, when they were doing the seances in the Red Room and that, there was a medium, his name was Charles Colchester, okay. that came in and he actually warned Lincoln about the assassination. And there was there were several other people that um, were worried for President Lincoln at the time. Uh, it's rumored, or they, they say in the documentary, that Lincoln also had like dreams and premonitions about him being assassinated. Yeah, he said he had a premonition of it before it happened or a dream. He dreamed about his death before it happened. Do you have that there? Yeah. Um, let's see. Ward Hill Lamon was close friends with the president and made a journal entry. What Lincoln told him about the ominous dream, which occurred in 1865. About 10 days ago, I retired very late. The president told his friend, I soon began to dream. There seemed to be a death like stillness about me. Then I heard subdued sobs as if a number of people were weeping. I thought I left my bed and wandered downstairs. I arrived at the east room. He then goes on to describe seeing a dead body in funeral clothes resting in the room. Soldiers were guarding the body amid a room full of people weeping. Who is dead in the White House? asked Lincoln as he dreamed. The reply is bone chilling as one of the soldiers answered, answered him. He was killed by an, by an assassin. Then less than four months later, on April 14th, 1865, his premonition came true. So, yeah, um, Charles Colchester, the, the medium that was warning him about his death. Uh, it's, it's funny because apparently in, in the documentary, they say that he was here there quite a bit um, doing these seances with Mary Todd Lincoln. And this is, I think, when they start talking about spirit photography, where mm -hmm. they like you snap a picture and you see a spirit standing behind them. Mm -hmm. um, they also kind of made it seem like that doing these seances kind of like brought a demon into the White House again. I, I just, I find it very hard to believe Yeah. that, I mean, I, it's not, not saying it's not possible to bring something in that's negative doing seances, especially if you don't know what you're doing. But I think it's a little far-fetched to think that they brought demons into the, the, the White House doing this. Mm -hmm. Um, but what I think is interesting is, and it's not talked about a lot, this, this um, Colchester that was warning him was probably actually knew about the assassination attempt and was told by a friend of his about the attempt because he was a drinking buddy with John Wilkes Booth. 
Mm-hmm. So I guess they were put up at the same hotel together. And uh, it's it's believed that Booth might have told this medium about his plans to assassinate the president. And, and he was kind of warning him. Interesting. So, yeah, there's a the whole thing. Like, he was actually friends and drinking drinking buddies with John Wilkes Booth. That's funny. So it is possible that Booth, like, said something to him and he was trying to, like, warn the president. Could have. But um, I think... I think Lincoln kind of knew that's what was supposed to happen. I don't think he was afraid of the of dying. I think he knew that it was it was what needed to happen at the time. Yeah, I think he just wasn't afraid to die. Right. I think he kind of, I mean, with the premonition and all that, I think he just kind of accepted it. That's what he was supposed to do. Yeah. So, and then they go on to talk about, um, I think it was, uh, I can't remember what year it was. They were renovating the White House, and there was a picture that was taken of the the renovations being done and there was like one guy in like a, a backhoe and then like three guys standing in the background and then there was a fourth more like oh. transparent guy in the picture yeah and nobody even noticed it till no one noticed it until later they went back and looked at it and they're like someone's like who's that person and they couldn't figure it out and then looking through the picture and kind of where it was taken uh the person would have been standing about the same distance away from the camera as the other three actual men that were in the picture and they would have been standing directly below the Lincoln bedroom. So they believe that this picture, and I'll post this on social media, um, they believe this picture was the first picture of, uh, or in proof of a ghost at the White House. And they think because it was standing directly beneath the Lincoln bedroom that it might have been Lincoln himself. Could be. Could be. So that's the shock doc. Um, we gave you an hour and a half documentary in about 20 minutes. <laughs> We're good at that. Yep. Um, if it sounds interesting to you, go watch it. Like I said, I try to watch it like three times this morning and I kept falling asleep. So I had a hard time watching it all, all week. So it's, uh, I mean, it's very informative. I think they reach a little bit, but again, listening to watching all these shock documentaries on, uh, discovery plus it, I think you might notice a trend on all of our reviews on these documentaries where it just seems like we're like, yeah, they were kind of reaching. Yeah. Every so time. Now we're, now that we've got that out of the way, we're going to talk about some actual spirits that people have seen at the white house. Um, we'll just go down this list that we made here. Let's start with Abigail Adams. All right. Do you have that? No, I don't. You go for it. I will go for it. So Abigail Adams, uh, was the wife of John Adams, the second president mm-hmm. of the United States. And I believe he was the first president to live in the White House. Um, when they when they built the White House, it was mostly on uh, swampy lands. And it says the East Room of the new White House was the warmest and driest, so Abigail used to use, her, uh, use it to hang her wash. Now, what people say is they still see her ghost uh, clad in a cap and lace shawl. And it's been reported that she's seen heading towards the East Room, arms outstretched if she was carrying laundry. And people have actually said they've seen her outside in or near the East Room actually hanging up laundry. Oh, shit. She loves doing laundry. She loves doing laundry still, apparently. Um, next up on the list, uh, we're probably just going to go through these real quick. But okay. we've got David Burns. Do you have him? So David Burns was the owner of the land that the White House sits on. And... I don't know why he's still roaming there, but apparently there was uh, somebody, some staff 
who was walking through uh when, what do you remember what room that was uh it was a yellow oval room okay and he heard somebody a whisper say to him i'm mr burns yes and i mean they tried to figure out who found out you know who it could be the well burns, at the time was, there was the secretary secretary of state was james burns oh okay spelled b-y-r-n-e-s well david burns is b-u-r-n-s mm-hmm. but same last name so yeah he's heard i am mr burns so he thought it might have been the secretary of state so and then turns nobody's there yeah that nobody was there that guy hadn't even been at the white house that day when he heard that whisper yeah so then we have let's get into andrew jackson uh he was apparently he held grudges against people that supported his opponent he won he won the presidency uh after john quincy adams uh in the early 1860s the first lady mary todd lincoln who believed strongly in the occult and reportedly held seances which we just went over um uh, talked to the spiritual tradition. She said she had heard Andrew Jackson stomping and swearing through the halls of the presidential residence. Uh, the Rose Room, Jackson's bedchamber while he was president, is believed by some to be the one of the most haunted rooms in the White House. So apparently Andrew Jackson still stomps around his old bedroom. Right, and that's in Swearing the, up a storm. That's the Rose Room. Yes. And uh, what Truman had said back in uh, 1945 was I sit here in this old house and work on foreign affairs, read reports, and work on speeches, all the while listening to the ghosts walk up and down the hallway and even right in here in the study. That was by old Andy Jackson. Uh, Apparently, President Dwight D. Eisenhower also said he had an encounter with President Jackson while he was staying in the White House. (laughs) So, Uh, do we have any more for Harry Truman? uh, No. Or is it just that he saw stuff and he... Yeah, just that he it's... believes in, in the spirits. Let me see if there was anything else about him. Because, uh... No, I don't think so. Let's see. Uh, he got spooked by a few encounters that even called... He called Secret Service agents to check something out from the noises he was hearing. Um, said, I jumped up and put on my bathrobe, opened the door, and no one was there. And he wrote this in a letter about one of his encounters. Uh, went out and looked up and down the hall, looked in your room, and Margie's still no one there. Really? Um, oh, I guess there's more of this. After checking things out, President Truman went back to bed, but his ordeal wasn't over yet. There were footsteps in your room whose door I'd left open, he continued. Jumped and looked, and no one there. The damn place is haunted. Sure as shooting. <laughs> Uh, Secret Service said that oh, yeah. uh, even a watchman was up there at that hour. Margie was President Truman and his wife, Bess, only child. You and Margie had better come back and protect me before one of these ghosts carry me off. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he believes in ghosts. He was having a lot of encounters there. So we talked a little bit about Mary Todd Lincoln and the seances. And we talked a little bit about Abe Lincoln and his premonition. But... Out of all these spirits that are seen at the White House, I think none more none have been seen as much as President Lincoln. There are this this says that uh, there's more reported sightings of President Lincoln than there has been presidents that have lived in the White House. Actually, uh, President Gerald Ford, his daughter Susan, saw President Lincoln sitting on a chair by a, by the fireplace in the Lincoln bedroom. 
She reportedly was so scared of what she saw that she never wanted to enter the room again out of fear of a second encounter. This is Lincoln's bedroom, yeah? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of people. There was, like, one president, his dog wouldn't even go in the room. Really? There's so many people that, like, they won't go in the room. Um, A lot of workers have reported seeing Lincoln at the White House. Even Winston Churchill says that they've bumped into President Lincoln wandering the building. Um, Let's see. Well, there's somebody who's tied to Lincoln, whose ghost says to be roaming around there, Anna Surratt. Well, so uh, before that, uh, Winston Churchill. Oh, okay. Says, this, this says the most famous Lincoln story is from Churchill, uh, who was staying at the residence after World War II. The British leader had just emerged from a bath wearing nothing and smoking a cigar. <laughs> uh, he reportedly met the late president. So uh, I, I, he... President Lincoln's a peeper? I don't know. No, probably hell? not. But <laughs> no, I guess he was getting out of the bath, getting lighting up a cigar, and there was President Lincoln, according it's to Winston Churchill. Don't smoke in my room, man. Uh, so let's talk about Anna Surratt. Oh, he said, "Good evening, Mr. President. You seem to have me at a disadvantage." Uh, Churchill allegedly said. Uh, he also refused to stay in the room after the encounter. Uh huh. So, um, yeah. So Anna Surratt is the daughter of Mary Surratt, who was executed in 1865 for her role in the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. Uh, Anna is relentlessly seeking justice for her mother's fate nearly two centuries later. Anna is typically spotted near the north portico of the White House, and she bangs on the doors and rattles the gates, yelling and pleading for her mother to be spared. Hmm. I don't know. That seems kind of loud. I would think there would be a lot more reports on that one. You'd think. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, let's get into Dolly Madsen. Uh, she's best known today for recruiting, re- rescuing the Gilbert Stewart painting of George Washington from the White House before the British burned it down in the War of 1812. Uh, in ghost lore, she's best known for reportedly encountering two gardeners during the Wilson administration a century later. Uh, First Lady Edith Wilson asked the two to move the fabled Rose Garden, which Madsen had created and nurtured. The gardeners were reportedly met by an angry Dolly. <laughs> Today, the Rose Garden remains where Dolly Madsen wanted it. And they say that she still hangs around and she's spotted in the garden. Um, do you have William Henry Harrison? William Henry Harrison. Where did that go? I did have that for a second. Well, you <laughs> looked that one up. I'll, oh, here it is. Oh, you got is. it? Yep. Oh, let's do it. So he's, uh, he actually died in the White House. Oh, did he? Yes. He's the... Um, he was the first president to die at the White House. He was the ninth president and died in 1841 at age 68 from complications of pneumonia. Uh, some say that this, his pneumonia wasn't really the cause. Instead, he died of a re- as a result of the curse of the Tippecanoe. What is that? It's sometimes called the Tecumseh's curse, which allegedly cast in 1809 by the Shawnee indigenous leader Tecumseh. After a conflict with President Harrison over land rights negotiations, Tecumseh is said to have enlisted the help of his brother, Tenskwatawa, to curse all future presidents who came into office in years ending with zero. The Shawnee people knew Tenskwatawa as a prophet, so many took his words seriously. Harrison won the presidency in 1840 and caught his death after being exposed to the elements on a cold, rainy inauguration day in 1841. His ghost is still said to roam the halls of the White House. Oh, and the other victims of the curse include Lincoln, who came in the office of 1860, 
James Garfield in 1880, William McKinley in 1900. All three men were shot. Warren G. Harding was elected in 1920 and suffered a massive stroke, and even JFK, famously elected in 1960, went on to be assassinated. Interesting. I've got more on Lincoln. Let's jump back to Lincoln. Okay, might as well. I read more stuff. Uh, so Grace Coolidge, the wife of President Calvin Coolidge, uh, 1923 to 1929, was the first person to say she'd actually seen Lincoln's ghost, uh, which doesn't make sense because if... Uh, no, World War II would have been later. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she's the first person to say she saw Lincoln's ghost. According to her, the lanky former president was standing looking out of a window of the Oval Office across the Potomac to former Civil War battlefields beyond. Lady Bird Johnson, wife of President Lyndon B. Johnson, who served 1963 to 1969, reportedly felt Lincoln's presence one night while watching a television program about his death. Uh, some of the more notable sightings of Lincoln's ghost were reported by uh, during the long administration of Franklin D. Roosevelt, uh, who also presided over his country during time of great upheaval. Uh, First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt used the Lincoln bedroom as her study and said that she would feel his presence when she worked there late at night. During her visit to the White House, Queen Wilhelmina of the Netherlands heard a knock on her bedroom door in the night. When she answered it, she reportedly saw Lincoln's ghost wearing his top hat and fainted dead away. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Winston Churchill. So, yeah, there's a couple more stories of Lincoln. Lincoln probably had a lot of stuff going on. He's all over the place. So I actually remember in the last presidential election, um, I announced on Facebook that in 2024, I was going to be running for president with my friend Jimmy as my running mate. And if we were to be elected, um, she's she's also a paranormal investigator. So if I were to be elected president, my first order of business would be to investigate the Lincoln bedroom. Uh, I'd do the Rose Room, too. I would do the Rose Room, too. No, if I had the opportunity to, and I know a lot of paranormal investigators would love the opportunity to investigate the White House. Oh, but that place sure. is so much on lockdown. You're never getting in. Um, I think we have one more ghost before we get into like visitor stories. We've got the British fire starter. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, uh, one of the most traumatic incidents in the White House in White House history was the destruction. Uh, its destruction by British troops, eighteen fourteen. A royal soldier apparently died in the attack after he helped set fire to the White House, and there are reports he occasionally returns to finish the job. Uh, one incident was reported a few years after the Truman Era restoration, where the spirit was seen trying to set a bed on fire. <laughs> Also, there was a major fire in the West Wing during the Hoover administration on Christmas Eve in 1929. Officially, it was a clogged fireplace flu that started the blaze. Uh, even more recently, White House staffers report hearing strange noises late at night in the White House. But there's one president who probably hasn't come back for a guest appearance. Uh, James Buchanan, openly tired of being president as the Civil War grew near. Uh, if you're happy entering in the White House, and as I shall fill on returning to Wheatland, you are a happy man indeed. Buchanan said just before leaving office in 1861. But yeah, so apparently there's a British soldier that uh, you know, likes to start fires. He likes to be a fire starter. He's a little pyro, that guy. Yeah. So those are some of the 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 known spirits. the known spirits. So Ghosty uh, just found a website of. Mm-hmm. I believe tourists or visitors to the White House telling their personal encounters with oh, I, spirits. That was one of the things you just got done reading. That was one of them. Yep the 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 last stories you just read. Those were the ones. Oh okay. 
Was that the website? Yep. Oh. Uh, I think we covered everything. I think we covered everything then, yes. I, I'm just, it's one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it's late where we are. It's not really one. It's midnight, but still. It's past midnight now. It's almost one. Professional podcasting brought to you by the EVP Podcast. Yeah, this is what we do, guys. I hope you love it. We're going to lull you into sleep like shock docs. (laughs) Well, should Um, we call that? uh, Yeah, I think um, we might have a public investigation coming up soon. I got to talk to Ghosty after we're done recording. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Um, We did mention that we are looking into doing a public investigation at the Ritz. We're still trying to finalize everything to make sure we can still go there because they did shut the place down and they were looking to sell it. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Um, if it, if we can't get it going, we'll get I, somewhere new. I apologize. We will get somewhere new. We do have, I believe Benton grist mill in October. Oh, nice. So look forward to that one. That one will get tickets up, uh, when it's closer to the event. Um, but yeah, as soon as we are sure we can actually get into the Ritz, we will let y'all know and we'll post that up. Yep. We'll post tickets so you guys can join us. Like I said, that's going to be a very small investigation. We're probably going to limit tickets to about 10 to 13 people. Is yeah. what Ladon so told us. Get tickets was. quick. Yes. So uh, keep the uh, lookout for that. You can find us posting about that on our social medias at evp.pod at Instagram and Facebook. Or if you have an experience at the the White House. <laughs> if, yeah, if you guys have been to the White if House. If you've been to the White House and you've had a, a ghost story that you'd like to share with us, you can email us at evp.pod at gmail.com. Also, if you are looking for paranormal gear, check out our affiliate link to ghostop.com. That is where we buy most of our gear from, if not all of our gear. Um, I know they've got some pretty... I think they, they're getting all of this fives back in stock. I keep seeing them post that on Facebook. Oh, shit. Uh, they, I think they just moved into a bigger facility as well. So they've got a lot going on for them. I know I still want to look into those tracer lights. I know I've been talking about that. We posted it before. Oh, yeah. Those tracer lights look really good. It's basically like a motion sensor light. So when you set these light strands up on there, it will sense motion. So it kind of will show you if a spirit's walking past it. So yeah, check out our affiliate link, ghostop.com. All right, guys. Go soon. We'll play that. Peace out, butterflies. (laughs) 